You are listening to the From Scratch Body. I'm Liv, and I believe that when we make our own food from base ingredients, our bodies will thank us. I want to help you with the skills, the knowledge, and most importantly, the confidence you need to make food at home in your own kitchen on your terms to fit your body. So every week I share a health topic or a recipe or both, which will take you on a journey to effortless cooking step by step. And you can always find the topics and recipes in writing on my website, thefromscratchbody.com. Welcome back to the From Scratch Body. Today I'm talking about something that I'm really excited to share because I've kind of changed my stance on this. Well, I didn't really realise I had a stance on it, but it's something that has just occurred to me over maybe the last year or so and it's kind of become articulated uh, for me lately. You know, when you've kind of thought something but not been quite conscious of it and now I've suddenly realised my feelings on this and I want to share them with you. It's why I no longer say hidden veg. (laughs) Food blogs, recipe videos and cookbooks, they're all full of hidden veg tricks for children and adults alike. And here's why you won't find any of those on the From Scratch body, whether it's the podcast or the website or the YouTube channel or whatever, anymore. I mean, if you really want to, you know, cancel me and want to go through my website, I'm sure that I have said hidden veg. I think I actually did go and search and I had said it at least once, but I won't say it again. And I'm going to explain a bit more why today. If you're like me and you watch a lot of cooking content online, I get so much, you know, uh, served up to me on social media and stuff unsurprisingly. I search for dinner help with Google searches, uh, you know, dinner recipes when I'm kind of lost as to what to do, or I browse through cookbooks. You will probably have come across this a lot as well, because I do, hidden veg recipes. So usually hidden veg basically means that you are essentially blending lots of vegetables together and using them in a pasta sauce that just looks nice and orange. It could be anything. It could just be some tomato and cream, but it's actually, you know, loads of loads of vegetables or a curry recipe or something like that. It can also mean hiding them as smaller chunks in a mac and cheese or a lasagna or something, you know, dishes that are known to be more palatable and sellable to us and, and possibly especially to are kids. And yes, presumably, a lot of the time, the idea with hidden vegetables is to get children to eat vegetables with that approach. And I get it. It's fantastic to want to help your child or children in general to eat vegetables, greens, fruit. These are arguably the most important ingredients we can in- introduce our children to and, and keep giving them on a regular basis. However, Introducing and serving certain ingredients, I think, is not just about making them eat them, manipulating them into eating them, but actually making them enjoy eating them, helping them get to know these ingredients, not just, you know, force them down their throats. I mean, that's that's being a bit dramatic, but I know it's easier said than done at times, but I just don't think hiding them is the answer. And, and here's why. So I have been thinking a lot about this. I think about, you know, picky eating. I think about preferences, food preferences, what flavours we prefer. And I believe that a lot of picky eating, and I don't mean just for children, but for adults as well, is about a lack of 
confidence and knowledge and familiarity. You know, when do you feel confident? It's when you feel like you are in control and like you know what's going on around you and especially to do with with yourself. And I have, for example, distinct memories of food I didn't want to try as a child And I've realised as an adult, it was because no one actually explained to me what was in it. It just had like a funky name, but I didn't actually understand um, what it was. Um, For example, one example is, um, I think this is particularly Scandinavian, is is quite a bit of a Scandi thing. I might be wrong about that, so please do correct me if I'm wrong. But there's something um, called nökelost, which directly translates to key cheese. I don't know why it's called key cheese. Uh, but I never understood what that was. I was like, key cheese? Well, I like cheese, but key cheese? You know, and it was kind of served up as a bit of an adult, you know, grown-up thing. Not adult thing, but <laughs> grown-up grown up food. And and I just thought it was something a bit scary. I never had it. As an adult, I realised that it was literally just, you know, a fairly mild cheddar with cumin in it. I mean, that sounds absolutely delicious. Why did I never have this as a child? But is that kind of stuff. It just has a name that doesn't explain what it is. You don't want to touch it. You know, <laughs> it's scary. And I don't blame the grown-ups in my life for not going through the ingredient list of every single item of food for me. It's just, it's not something that occurs to us as adults because we just know what something is and we forget that a child may not. But that is a bit weird, isn't it? You know, trying something that you don't know what is. If you imagine, you know, someone coming up to you at a restaurant and they offer you to try some mystery meat, you know, you'd you'd be pretty sceptical, wouldn't you? You want to stay away from it. We want to know what we're having. And normally, when we know and understand what we have and where it came from and how it grows or, you know, how it's farmed, it does help us feel confident and more comfortable trying to eat it and hopefully enjoying it. We also have associations, I think, based on how we experienced that ingredient in the past, but that association can change and I'm telling you this from experience. So using my husband as an example, uh, he's slightly pickier than me. Um, not super picky, but, but you know, obviously I basically eat anything that I can eat. But he has completely changed his attitude towards vegetarian meals, for example. We are not a vegetarian household, uh, but a lot of the time I will do vegetarian meals. You know, it's for various reasons, really. It's more fun. <laughs> Uh, uh, is often healthier, it's often tastier, and it's often cheaper. And he has recently told me that in the beginning, you know, of, of start of our relationship, and when I would start doing this a lot, he would always be quite apprehensive. And then every time he would be pleasantly surprised. And that I, over time, changed his mind about a lot of ingredients and then kind of his whole approach to food. So now when I make something that's, you know, the the main ingredient, the main protein is chickpeas, for example. He doesn't go, oh God, I'm not going to want that. He's like, okay, I'm intrigued. You know, I'll probably, I'll probably like it. And that's a wonderful feeling to have changed that association for him. The way in which something is served makes a lot of difference. You know, someone might think they hate sprouts, 
when all they've ever had was overcooked sprouts at Christmas. You know, suddenly you try a sprout and carrot coleslaw, for example, sprouts are amazing when they're raw. Just putting that in there. And everything changes. You think of that whole vegetable, the whole green, whatever it is, in a completely different way. And nobody introduced you to it in that way. And I think that is much better than hiding it. I also don't believe that the idea of manipulating anyone into eating anything is the way to go. And I know this might be unpopular with some who are trying to desperately get a child or a partner to eat some some veg. And I'm sorry if this is the case. But in most cases, I believe that being on the same team, being honest and involving the recipient of the meal in the making of it will almost always have the best result. So maybe try and focus on how much you love that vegetable, explore new ways of preparing it and serving it. You can ask for suggestions. You can ask, you know, what is it that you don't like about it? Oh, I don't like that. It's so mushy. Okay, well, let's not cook it so much. You know, that kind of, you can help figure out what it is that's taking away the joy. And it might not be the actual ingredient itself. But also, I want to add that we do need to accept that there may be periods of time where someone in your household just hates something. And it might be forever. And that is okay. We have to accept that not everyone likes everything. So these things may pass, you know, if it's a child, our, our taste buds do develop, you know, as we get older. But some things we just don't like. And that's also okay. You can find an alternative that you don't need to hide. So this is when it's good to learn about what kind of nutrition different foods offer so that you can go between different raw ingredients and get your body and your family's bodies what they require. This doesn't mean, by the way, that you shouldn't blend vegetables into a lovely, smooth, you know, pasta sauce or paste or soup. I love using veg in that way, but I think that you should speak loudly and proudly about what you put in the meal and shift the focus onto how wonderful vegetables are for our bodies and our minds and how incredibly tasty they are. Vegetables are tasty. They don't need to be hidden away. They don't need to be masked by creams and cheeses. They can be complemented by creams and cheeses, but vegetables taste brilliantly if prepared correctly in my opinion. So let the stars of the nutrition show shine and have a little think about your attitude towards vegetables. What do you think about this? Did it make you think differently about hidden veg? Is this an idea that you've even used at all? I'd love to hear from you. So email me at live at the from scratch body if you have anything to say. This week on topic is a recipe that was an idea my mum sent me and I've called it sweet beet mash. It's sweet potato and beetroot mash, and I've added a couple of ingredients on my own to make this beautiful, bright red mash one of our new favourites. So check it out on the website, and if you want it audibly, you can contact me on my email address, and I'll be here next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. There are tons of recipes for you to try on my website, my YouTube channel, and also on social media channels. Just search for the From Scratch Body and you'll find me. Save useful topics and inspiration for the future and try to have fun and experiment when you cook at home. And remember, cook from scratch and your body will thank you. 
I'll catch you next week. 